We all started photography for a reason. We connected with it, it inspires us, it lights us up, and allows us to express creativity in a way that nothing else can. We do it because we love to show the families that we photograph the beauty that we see in them as we look through our lens. We do it because we know how fleeting time is and how life can change at any instant. We want our families to have photos to look back on and remember certain phases in their life and have something that they can pass on for generations. But what if we could do more? What if instead of just still images, we could bring those memories to life through video? I don't know about you, but for me, there's just something about video that really pulls at my heartstrings. And actually, it's one of my goals this year to learn how to do video to document my own family. So if you are someone who's interested in video, you ever want to learn about video or have plans to incorporate it into your business at some point in the future, then this episode is for you. Welcome to the Fill Your Frame podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Golding. I was a young mama and full-time teacher when I first picked up my camera and started down the path of creating a highly successful and sought after photography business. I managed to turn that side hustle into a full-time job that sustains a balanced life where I can give more to my five littles at home. After building this business for the last 10 years, I want to invite you into a space where you can take a peek behind the scenes of my camera ready life. Join in weekly where I will open up discussions with other creative artists turned business pros as we share real life strategies, stories, and action steps for you to turn your passion into profits. Lean in because we're about to get the show started. Remember, you can subscribe to today's show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Audible. I'm excited to bring you today's episode about bringing family stories to life through video with my special guest, Amber Walder. Amber is a motherhood, newborn, and family photographer and filmmaker based in eastern South Dakota. She's married with four sweet littles and one fur baby named Ruthie. She started her business back in 2013 while also working as a labor and delivery nurse at a local hospital, but she resigned from nursing in 2018 to pursue photography full-time. Photographing motherhood and the nostalgia of childhood had all, has always been her greatest passion. I'm excited to have her on today to chat with me about how she got started with photography and why she was so hesitant to start a business at first. We're going to talk about the special place that documenting motherhood and children have in her heart and how she incorporates video into her family sessions to bring the family's stories to life. Let's welcome Amber to the show. Hi, Amber. How are you? Hi, Jillian. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We're going to have such a great time talking and I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. So we already went over your intro. So I just kind of want to get into the interview and learn about you. So how did you get into photography? And can you tell us just a little bit about your journey of how you got to where you are now and a little bit about you? Yes, absolutely. Oh gosh. So we're going to go <laughs> go back a ways here. <laughs> My interest in photography started pretty young, although I didn't really realize how much interest I had in it. I guess I was one of those kids in middle school that had just walls plastered with photos from floor to ceiling. I was always had a disposable camera in my hand, taking to friends' houses, you know, dances, pretty much capturing everything and anything I could. So I think I always had a love for capturing photos, capturing moments. And then as I got older, I took a couple classes as a senior in high school. I'm going to date myself here, but <laughs> back in the day when we were still developing, you know, film in a dark room. And I just really had a love for light and a love for capturing moments and kind of how the whole process worked. So much so that my parents got me a brand new camera as a graduation gift when I graduated high school. But 
I had decided to be a nurse. And so that was kind of the route I took. My whole family is filled with medical professionals, nurses and doctors and whatnot. So that just seemed to be the route that I had decided to take. And so all that interest in photography kind of took a back burner and it was just a hobby. I never saw it as something that I could do as a profession or, you know, make money from. It was just a hobby. Yeah. And then I think, you know, as most of us get into photography, you know, we have kids and that kind of reignites or ignites a passion for capturing our children. And I was no exception there. So I love that about you because that's similar to my journey as far. And I think so many of us and so a few different people I've had on the podcast, you know, they, they started photography, you know, once they had children and that really kind of lit that spark or that passion in them to want to document their life. And I think it's interesting as we become mothers that we all of a sudden have this urge to urgent understanding, I should say, to, you know, documenting life and understanding the importance of that because moments go by so quickly, you know? So I know that you got into it because you had, you know, you started having children and then you just kept it as a hobby for how long? Oh, it was a couple years. I got a nice, <laughs> my first nice camera was a Canon Rebel. And I remember <laughs> That's what I had that. <laughs> it's such a good camera. And like, honestly, what I recommend for like everybody just starting out. But yeah, I got that shortly after my first son was born in 2009. And I just kind of played around with it. I mean, fully auto. I thought I was like the best photographer ever though. And then... <laughs> I had another kiddo a couple years later, and I think he was around six months old when my one of my good friends asked me if I wanted to take like an intro to digital photography class at a local park and rec, and just so we could learn how to take better photos and use manual mode instead of just all auto. So we did that, and that is kind of the turning point where I got hooked from yeah. just like it being just like a casual hobby and loving to take photos of my kids to, oh my gosh, I'm hooked. I need to know everything and anything I can about this. And mm-hmm. so I joined Click and Moms, I believe in like 2012. And I read all the forums and seriously, probably spent every waking moment I could just trying to soak in as much as I could. But I didn't really have a desire to start a business at the time. I just wanted to capture my kids better, like everything about them, you know, their gestures, their little chubby dimpled hands and like Mm -hmm. all those sweet little details about kids. And that was like starting a business wasn't really on my radar initially. (laughs) Yeah. Cause when we chatted before this, you know, you had mentioned that you honestly put it off for a little bit as far as, you know, making it official, I should say. And you really just kind of resisted that for a little bit. So for me, I resisted having it officially starting a business just because, well, a couple of things. First of all, I wasn't good with the business stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That just naturally to me, it was a challenge. And then secondly, like I felt like if I, if I started a business with it, I was worried that I would it would take the joy out of it. Like it would take this thing that I love so much and make it not fun anymore because I would be stressed out about the business part of it. So yeah. What was that for you? Like, like what did, what held you back from just making it a business? Because I know that you were documenting families and you had people asking you and you had opportunity there, but I know you said you kind of resisted it even for a while. So what was that? Why did you do that? 
I think it was a multiple multiple things, honestly. First, you know, my desire was to capture my children and I was afraid anything else would take time away from the time I had with them. Mm-hmm. And like you, I didn't know anything about business. I knew there was so much, there's so much more that goes into a photography business than just taking photos. It's not just taking photos. That's such a small part of it. And I think yeah. that's what so many people don't realize when they do, you know, decide to go for it. So also don't didn't know anything about business. And I didn't know if I could translate what inspired me within photography to mm-hmm. capturing other families. I was 100% inspired by light, by beautiful golden light, the way the light shined through the windows, you know, when my, when my son was sleeping and the way it like hit his face. I don't know how to explain that in the best way, but the things that inspired me, I didn't know how to capture for other people. I didn't know how that would translate into capturing somebody else's family because Mm -hmm. I know what I felt people were looking for were posed photos. I didn't know anything about posing at all, you know, and I felt like that if, if I wasn't inspired by it, it was just taking photos. I had to be inspired to be able to feel like I was doing justice for somebody else. I knew I could do that with my own family, but I didn't know how to translate it into other people's families. Does that make sense? That is such a good point. And I've honestly never thought about it like that because that's, I felt that too. And I had never really been able to like put that into words until I'm just listening to you right now. So that's (laughs) amazing. And I feel the same way because I'm 100 million percent inspired by light. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's so interesting to hear someone else say that because, you know, when we picture things in our mind as photographers and you have these ideas and you get strikes of inspiration when you just are like, see something, you know, and, and you can do that when you're home with your kids all day, you can do that when, you know, it's a friend or something, but I think you're right. When it goes into turning it into a business and having people paying you money, it -hmm. just adds that pressure, you know, of now I have to do Yes. You have to deliver something. And we have to remember those listening, we are dating ourselves, but you know, I feel like photography in itself has transitioned over say the last eight years, five years, especially of Mm -hmm. being really less posed being the desired outcome versus now it's more of the candid style. I feel like when we were first starting, it was definitely more heavily on the posed. Um, Anything out of the norm was just not... (laughs) something you saw. Yes. Anytime I posted photos, I have to laugh because the ones where you would do like them holding hands and you cut off the, the head and the top of the body, like those mm-hmm. were the things back then, or like having it be tilted. I'm like, Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> but styles have evolved so much as time has gone on. So I know that like for you, capturing children is so important to you and what you love the most. So how do you feel like that's changed as you've grown as a photographer, as a mom, as a person? Like, how do you feel like the way that you capture children in your images has changed? I think it's kind of gone full circle. I mean, I think I started capturing children how I wanted to. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that inspired me, like, for example, obviously, capturing my children was first and foremost. So I was always inspired by like the little details. Like, oh, I have so many photos of my kids' hands and feet and their little profiles and the way the wind was blowing my daughter's curls and like little things like that. Those details are always what, you know, just made 
my heart so full. Mm-hmm. Um, but then translating that into capturing client work. Okay. So if I, I'm going to go back a little bit here when I was a senior in high school and taking a photography class, one of my assignments was, I don't remember what the assignment was, but I remember using one of the little boys I babysat for as my subject. And Uh he was a little two or three year old boy. And I remember being in their backyard and he was like running through the, running through a trail in the woods and like had leaves in his hands and just capturing the essence of childhood and that nostalgia. And all Mm -hmm. of those were just very candid moments. And I loved that. So when I started a business, I wanted to try to figure out how to make that work within the business. And I still, you know, there's always that pressure to capture what your, you think your client wants versus what you want, especially if you're getting paid for it. So there was definitely a lot of posed work after that, but I would still always try to capture the little details within the session as well. Even if they weren't my client's favorite photos, I was still trying to capture what my clients wanted while also, you know, throwing in images that were what I wanted to capture. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is oftentimes, because I do the same thing. And what I find is that they may come in wanting posed images and other things and they don't, but they don't really realize what else is capable. Like what else they are able to receive. I just don't think they realize it's an option. So then when you deliver those photos that are posed, that are details, that are things, those end up being their favorite ones, even if that's not really what they sent out, they were sent out to get, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they end up loving them even more. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, that's just so crazy. I, I like, I look at your work and it's so, so beautiful. And I just am in awe of the way that you can, you know, capture children. And I feel like motherhood's also prominent when I look at your work as well. And I yeah. think, you know, us as mothers that, that are also photographers, I feel like that just kind of naturally happens without even it being intentional because Absolutely. we're mothers and we're kind of seeing a reflection of ourselves in them. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and that is, has a hundred percent grown you know, as my motherhood journey has grown, because I see as my kids get older, I see the importance of capturing those, those moments because childhood is so fleeting. And Mm -hmm. there are so many times, like, I wish I would have had photos like this, you know, when my kids were babies. So all the things that I remember, you know, as my children grow up and the way that they snuggle with me or the way that they twirl my hair, you know, when they're laying on me or, you know, the way they grab your finger, those little moments and those little details are so important. And I know how important they were for me. So I feel like that helps me capture those things for other families as well. And it truly just warms my heart to be able to do that. Right. And I think, I think the the piece that I try to explain to people, because I know that, you know, photography can be such an investment and Mm -hmm. it's, It's a lot of work, you know, getting outfits for everybody, spending the time, whether you're driving to a location and just getting your kids to, you know, people get stressed out about getting their kids to cooperate and things like that. And I just feel like I want to reassure, I always try to reassure people like it's worth it. It's always worth it because when you get the images back, like you have those forever and you're able to like freeze that moment in time with your kids and have those to look back on forever. And 
you know, obviously we love to do Christmas cards and things like that, but I think it's so much more than that. Um, it's just being able to document your life and those that point in time with your children at the age that there are now, because guess what? Probably in six months or 12 months from now, they won't do those same things because no. they've grown, you know? Yes, absolutely. It changes I'm, so darn fast. I know it's so crazy. So as you've gone in your evolution, I feel like obviously you've grown to be more of a, like a storytelling photographer in the sense of much more than pose. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that to me, you know, I'm the same. And then that's what really lights me up and inspires me. And I yeah. feel like because that's what lights me up and inspires me, I just feel like I can do that so much better than if I was going to try to force and do something that isn't as inspiring to me, like post images. Of course, I do a few sessions, but generally speaking, I much prefer the yeah. ones where almost no one's looking at the camera, honestly. But. <laughs> like 100%. And I wish I could explain that to people as well. How saying no is, can be really hard. And it took me many, many years to say no to things that didn't like, if it wasn't going to make my heart happy, if I wasn't inspired by it, mm-hmm. I I'm at that point in my career that I don't want to do it. Not yeah. because I want to say no to people. I would love to, I wish I could, you know, capture everyone and everything, but it, I would be burnt out and I wouldn't be doing myself or my clients any justice by saying Mm -hmm. yes, just to say yes, because we do best at what lights us up, you know? And if it doesn't, we're not going to do our best work. We just, we just can't, you know, it, it just doesn't, you don't bring the same energy to it. And I feel like those that are listening, like if you're just starting or, you know, you're still in those beginning stages of your business. And this is what I teach, like in my photo 101 online course, it's like, you know, take the time to, if you're wanting to make that transition into a business, take the time to shoot lots of different things. And you will naturally feel in your soul, like what lights you up? Like you will know, like I knew I I would, I shot birthday parties. I shot, you know, I do shoot seniors sometimes now and I do enjoy those, but I, and then I shot several other things. And then once I shot families, I was like, oh, now I know like, (laughs) this is it. Yeah. I knew there was no denying it. Like my energy was 10 times higher, my love and joy for it. I couldn't, I was so excited to race home and edit those photos. And you know what I mean? So it's like, and when you just know, you know, and that's probably, that's obviously, you know, how you felt when you were about photographing children. And I just, that's what we want forever. Like as a photographer, like you want to feel that. And I think, you know, helping people understand that it's okay to say no. And that if it's not something that's going to light you up, like you're doing them a favor by referring them to somebody else who is going to be inspired by that. And that's the great thing about photography is there is a photographer for everybody, you know? Yes. Because there are photographers that loved post photos and clients that loved simple studio post photos. And that is amazing. But yes, absolutely knowing when to say no and that it's okay to say no and referring them to another amazing photographer that would be a better fit is. Yes. And yeah, for sure. Okay. So now we've talked about your, you know, how you started and kind of your evolution into your business currently. And one of the things, and actually the reason I found you was we have so many mutual friends, obviously, but also I just love your video. So I want to get into that because I know some people listening are probably super curious about that. And that maybe is what's going to draw them to listen to this episode. But because I, you know, personally would love to get into shooting video. And I think it is so, 
I like almost, I'm seriously tearing up even thinking about it because I love photos. Like obviously I love photos, but something about video to me is just like bringing those photos to life in a different way. And I look at videos that I have of like, for example, my late grandmother, whom Maggie, my baby's actually named after. And I love photos of her. I love them, but I definitely even more so like cherish absolutely cherish the videos I have of her. Like they are hands down, like my favorite things to watch. And so it brings brings to life the images and the way in which she, you know, carried herself and things like that. So I think that video is so, so important. So can you talk to me about like, when did you start doing video and what role does it have in your business now? Yeah. I started venturing into video back in 2016 I had just had my daughter. She's my youngest. She's five now. And she was probably about maybe three months old. And I saw a Facebook friend post a video from a class that she, a workshop that she had taken by Courtney Holmes, who is absolutely amazing at all things video. And I watched it and I was just like, I was just like a puddle of mush. I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to do that. I need to, I need to know about that. So I sent this friend a message, just kind of asking her where she had learned that and what workshop she was taking and got the information. And so I signed up for Courtney's next run of her workshop and that's where it all started. Courtney Holmes is for those that don't know her. She does a lot of documentary storytelling photo and films and oh they're beautiful and she was super talented. So I just kind of dove in and I started doing little videos of my kids, very short videos, especially like with my youngest, cause she was just a baby. And I just right. wanted to keep all those little details. And yeah. even right before the class started, I thought I could try to see what I could do on my own. So I just like went out in the woods with my three boys and just took video clips of them running around playing with Mm -hmm. sticks, playing in the leaves. And I put these little tiny video clips together in Animoto and it was absolutely terrible. I mean, (laughs) it was a terrible video, but I look at it to this day and it still brings tears to my eyes. Because guess what? If something was to happen to anybody, you wouldn't care about the the video. You know? And for the longest time, video is so much different than photography. And I am very much so a perfectionist. And it's mm-hmm. hard for me to let go of things or, you know, if they're not perfect. And so it was really hard to actually put these together because I'm, it just like wasn't to my standards. But at the end of the day, it's, that's not what matters. It's, you know, mm-hmm. that you're actually capturing those moments that you're actually putting it together and done is so much better than perfect. Because yeah. Yeah. nobody cares 10 years from now, 20 years from now. My kids watch no. these videos from five years ago and they will watch them over and over and over and over and just giggle and laugh. And they just think they're the greatest thing ever. It's not for us. It's for them. Yes. I literally, girl, I have tears in my eyes. Like I, yes, this is exactly why I wanted to chat with you about this because I feel like, I don't know. I just, I've gotten so much. I think the pandemic maybe really shook all of us to our core in a way. And it really put into perspective, you know, first of all, what's important. And then secondly, like how fleeting life really is and how important it is to document your, your family. And this is kind of a sidebar, but I don't know about you, but like 
the last couple of years have been insanely busy, like way more than normal. And I, especially for a pandemic, but I think this is why I think people have really checked themselves in regards to what's most important and it's their family. And they are realizing that there's a need to document that. And I'm so happy about that. I think that's amazing. Um, and I want that, but I, you know, I think this is why like just, you know, full circle coming back to it. It's just the importance of, of that documentation and really, you know, having that for your children and for you, those videos for them, you know, they're going to be older and they're going to be showing them to their children. And it's just like, it's so amazing and powerful that you're doing that. And I, I am so happy for you that you have those treasures and I'm kind of sad. I haven't done it yet, but I'm like, okay, when, after I, I decided, after I chat with you, I'm going to learn about it. And I'm just going to start, I'm going to start doing video with my kids. I'm just going to yeah. start because yeah, they don't care if it's underexposed. They don't care if it's overexposed. They don't care, you know, and I'm like you, it's hard for me. I'm a perfectionist too, in a, in a sense. And that's why editing takes me a long time. And, but I need to get over that a little bit and just do it messy because I just need mm-hmm. to try. I can't hold myself back from trying, you know? Absolutely. No better um, times now. Yes. Just start now. Right. Don't worry about what you've missed. Just go forward. Right. That's yep. how I try to live. My life too. It's like, you can't, you can't hold on to the past or worry. You just can move forward. So what role does, I want to know from you, like what role does video have in your business? As far as, is it something that you offer? Do you have packages that you do just photo and then some that you do photo and video and then some just video or how do you work that? And your, how does it weave into your business? I guess is what I want to know. That has actually evolved quite a bit over the years. Mm -hmm. So when I first started out, I decided to go more the documentary route, I think, because that's, you know, how I learned. And that was what I was doing with my own kids. And I thought it would be easiest to translate into my business. So I started doing family films for clients and going into their house, you know, where I'd spend, you know, three to four hours with them documenting their everyday whether it's a Saturday morning and they wake up and have breakfast together, you know, do activities with their kids, that type of thing. Were you only doing video or were you doing video and photo? I've always done video and photo. Oh, okay. okay. So I would switch back and forth between the two and, but video was, was the priority for these sessions. And then anything okay. extra I could capture in photos was just extra. But yes, video was definitely the priority. And then they get a gallery of maybe 50 to 100 images with photos as well. Okay. So that's how it started. And I was still doing regular photo sessions, you know, just offering these on the side. I had a really hard time getting any momentum with those type of sessions, at least around here. It wasn't well known at all. It was pretty much foreign (laughs) to everybody in the area. So trying to get the word out about it and trying every time I would post one, there would be, you know, people would be in love with it, but the investment was a tough Mm -hmm. pill for people to swallow because there's so much more that goes into video and it's so much more time intensive than photo sessions. I think that's the biggest, that's the hardest part. You have to charge appropriately to cover your skill as well as all the additional time that goes into it. So, you know, when people get married and, you know, you plan for a wedding, you plan for senior portraits, you plan for a lot of the big photo expenses in your life, a family film isn't something people necessarily plan for. You know, yeah. it's it's a luxury. So that didn't take off as much as I would have hoped it did, you know? So I probably did maybe only two or three a year, honestly. I captured my kids and then... 
In 2018, I resigned from my nursing job and I decided to go full-time into photography. Mm-hmm. And at that was kind of a turning point for my business when I kind of put everything into it. And I decided if I was going to yeah. do this full-time, I was going to do it how I wanted. So my sessions changed. I got a studio. Everything kind of changed from there on. Over time, I knew I loved sunset sessions. I love sunset sessions. I love styling my clients. I love, you know, capturing them running through fields and playing with their kids. And so I decided I wanted to start offering video as an add-on to sunset sessions. So that kind of took off more so in the last year. And so that is the majority of what I do now is photo and film sunset sessions where they can either pick a photo package or they can add on video for an additional charge. And then I would do both during their session. And it tends to be a little bit longer session, maybe, you know, 90 minutes or so versus just an hour. Okay. Time both. Yeah. But yeah. So that's kind of where we're at now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing. And I think it's interesting because, you know, you are in a smaller town. It's just interesting how I feel like certain concepts, like maybe documentary photography or even having the luxury of doing video and things, you know, they hit the, the bigger cities first. Right. And then I think eventually they kind of through social media though, that's the luxury too, is that we do have social media now, but I feel like then it kind of trickles into the smaller town and maybe in a couple of years, you know, all the small town people are going to be like super on board. Right. But even where I'm at in California, I don't know any family photographers except one who's a friend of mine. She actually did video for my family, but she really just does video for weddings now. But I don't know any family photographers in my area that offer video along with a photo session. So that's why when I saw you and I was like, wow, that's like a unicorn thing that (laughs) for photographers listening, like for me. And I think that's something that I, cause you know, there's so many photographers and so many that do it so well Mm -hmm. that it's, you want to try to find things that are, you know, and I'm like spilling my secrets now, what my plans are, but like, you want to find, (laughs) which I don't mind at all. Like I am totally a community-based photographer where I'm happy to share anything. When I teach students, like I'm an open book. I feel like there's plenty of clients to go around for all of us, but I think you need to find something as a photographer, whether that's, you know, anything, your unicorn skill, something that can set you apart from other people. And that's what you've done for yourself. I mean, I I imagine there's not anyone else in your town that does this, correct? There are others that do video, but not during family sessions, not documentary videos, that type of thing. So no, there's really, I don't think anyone in the area, but that said, a lot of my clientele isn't from my direct town. I do travel a lot for videos. Yeah. Um, especially, um, I still think photographers are the ones that value them the most. <laughs> so oh. they are my best clients, but yeah, it is something different. You can't just become stagnant in your business and do the same thing, you know, especially since everything is social media based. So yeah, right. finding those little things that can set you apart from other people are super important. But I also feel like the more people out there doing video, I think it is helpful Mm -hmm. because the more people that are doing video, the more others are seeing it. And the more that they're, the more they see it, the more that they're going to visualize it as something that they can see for themselves, you know, that's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just think too, as an artist, like I always am trying to further educate myself, you know, and do things that are 
you know, important and, and just that are important to me, but also inspire me to be better, to change my skills, to, you know, challenge myself. And I think that's important to do too. You know, we, you know, teach, I teach education and, but also I'm an, I'm a student, like I am continuously learning and wanting to do workshops. Like you mentioned, you did that video workshop, like, you know, it's so important as a business owner and a person to, even though I've been doing this for so long, like I'm still learning and I still want to challenge myself because that's what inspires me. Like, I don't ever want to feel like I'm reliving Groundhog Day all the time, you know, like I want to be better different, you know, and I'm just so excited you're sharing this. So when you go into a session, say like I watched Jesse's video, which was absolutely incredible. So what kind of is the flow for you when you are capturing both photo and video, like kind of what does that look like? And how do you kind of set that up as far as time goes, if you're willing to share that? Yeah. Jesse's was actually unique. I only did video for her session. Ashley Hinners did photos during the session. So we kind of both worked together. And so it was actually amazing (laughs) for me because I had more time to focus just on video. And I think when you do have one focus, it is like, you're, you're definitely able to be creative in a way that you wouldn't, if you're trying to capture both. But let's talk about, I guess, let's talk about when you capture both, because that's typically what you do, right? So how do you kind of, how do you set up that flow, I guess? So I would go into the session kind of like... I would normally do just a regular photo session and it depends on what their priority is. So even though I'm capturing both, I want to know for my client what their priority is during the session, if their priority is video or if their priority is photo. So if their priority is photos and they just want a video on the side, then I'm going to try to capture those best moments and photos first, and then I'll flip over to video and get a couple of video clips. And okay. so it's just a very back and forth through the whole session. Whereas, you know, they'll be in set up in one pose or location and I'll go in and I'll capture a few photos. When I feel like I've got enough photos, then I'll have them stay there and I'll capture a few video clips. Okay. So it is more slow moving because mm-hmm. it's not just like bam, 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 bam. Cause I do want to be able to capture both, but that's not always possible. So it, you know, if things change or a kid gets up and moves, that's completely fine. And then you just kind of go with the flow, but I do allow additional time because it is. So yeah. Moving. To be able to capture. Make sure, yeah. You want to make sure you're still able to provide, you know, a beautiful gallery of photos as well as get enough footage for a video. So no. Correct me if I'm wrong, but with videos, you can also pull stills images from that, correct? You can, yes, but they're not high quality. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Because I know that yeah. I've heard people say that. Like, oh, you know, with video, if you want a photo of whatever shot, you can pull a still. But would they be like good enough quality to post on socials? Or would they oh, be, yeah. but pro- pro- probably not print is what you're saying. So you're... <sighs> I'm usually shooting video, you know, it's 1080 by 1920 Mm -hmm. resolution. So, you know, if I'm shooting 60 frames a second in video, it's capturing like essentially 60 frames in that little, in that little period. So you can pull up that video clip and I edit all my video in Premiere Pro. Right. So I can pull up that video clip and scroll through to the point I want a still from. And then you can click a little button. It says capture still. And it'll essentially, it's essentially like a screenshot in that dimension. 
and then you are pull then you can pull it into you know Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever you want to edit in and edit it, but you're editing a JPEG low quality photo. Gotcha. You know what I mean? You're not editing yeah. a raw, like a big raw image. So there's just less flexibility. Yeah. But you can print it. I mean, you could print a four by I'm six. I'm just thinking like for me, like, as you know, people are starting or when they're, you know, even what you said, like you can't control what kids are doing. So say you set them up in this scene and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and you've gotten the video and then you decide, Oh, I want to try a few photos of this too, or, or whichever way you do it. It's like, and then they move and you're like, Oh dang, I missed yeah. a photo. I yeah. want to you know, like, is there a backup plan where you could pull it if you needed to? Yeah. I mean, you could, I rarely, rarely ever do that. Okay. Just good to know. Because it's just not as great quality, but you definitely can. You just have to go in, like I said, again, knowing what the client's priority is and knowing that you're not going to get the money shot in both photos and video. It's just not right. possible. But yeah. I did have a client reach out a couple of weeks ago. I shot a, a video for her, I think in June or July, and she was watching it. And one of the parts in the video she loved so much. It was just her, she was walking with her son and his arms were wrapped around her neck and he was oh, just like all snuggled in yeah. and it was so sweet, but I only have it from that video clip. And so she asked if I could pull it from the video to make a photo yeah. for her. She's like, I don't care what kind of quality it is. Exactly. That's what I was going to so, say. I know that's her. meaningful to her. So that's great. You know? Yeah. I mean, it could have been, you know, an Instax camera and she would have loved it. Right. Like when it's right. about moments, yeah. as moms, it, we don't care. Yeah. And it's just the moments. And that's the whole point of this is like, you know, it's just about moments and that's what matters the most and letting perfectionism go in the sense of just that's trying okay. something new and just doing it. Now I have a question for, as far as from your client's perspective, have you found that they tend to value one more than the other? Or do you think the photo and video just kind of are like peanut butter and jelly, like hand in hand, they like them both as a package? Oh gosh. I I don't know. I guess I like, um, do you get more of an emo- an emotional response from one or the other? Oh, video hundred yeah, percent. The comments I get back from videos are always like, I would say 99% of them, you know, message me back saying they're just like bawling or have tears in their eyes or like just my friend Holly said the other day, she's, I just delivered hers a couple days ago. She's like, Oh my gosh, I thought I loved the photo so much. And she's like, I still do absolutely love them. She's like, but the video just brought everything to life so much. She's like, that's the perfect way to describe it is it just brings it to life. Like it, Mm -hmm. It does. And what I'm thinking, like, you know, the reason that I even thought about it is the fact that, you know, for these families, it's so much work to get your family styled, to go to the location, to get everybody happy and having a fun time together. And it's like, you know, you yes, you cherish the photos and yes, you want to do that, but why not do both? You know, it's like, you're already there doing all of this, like, and you're investing in wardrobe, you're investing in this. And yes, it's maybe more of an investment for video, but mm-hmm. gosh, now you have that video forever. You know, it's like, Absolutely. it's something yeah. your kids can hand down, you know, yes. to them, to their children, to their grandchildren, you know, and gosh, what I wouldn't give to go back and see videos of my parents or my grand oh my gosh, parents yes. and things like that, like how meaningful that would be. But well, yeah. yes. And to be able to show our children, you know, like mm-hmm. and to have that for posterity's sake it's just so incredible, the value of it. And we have one video of that. My friend did in our home when we had Maggie and like, I knew she was like completing our family. And so 
I seriously watch that thing so much that I'm surprised it like still works, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just the togetherness. It's just, you know, little, like my kids being captured, doing something small that they enjoy and then putting Mm -hmm. it all together. It was just, it was so great. And then the music put in there, I'm like, okay, now I'm losing it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yes, the right music just kind of makes it so much better. It does. But I'm thinking like now all, you know, five of my children, have that video of that point in time. And then now they can share it with their mm-hmm. families eventually, you know? So it's just, and I, I, my goal now is honestly to do photo and video every year. Like, I just, I feel like I wish I would have started this so long ago, but I can't worry about that. All I can do is, okay, now what, what can I do? And that's part of the reason why I want to learn the skill just because obviously I'm not going to hire somebody all the time and nor do mm-hmm. I want to. I, I want to be able to capture little things myself, whether that's, you know, the way my baby snuggles with her 12 year old sister, like, you know, their bond is incredible. I just want to capture that, you know, little things like that. It's just so great to have on video. So what do you use? Like what equipment do you use for your videos? Nothing fancy. No, that's (laughs) Um, great. I use the same equipment, you know, that I would use for capturing photos. So I'm a Sony shooter. I have a Sony a7 III. Okay. And just 35 and an 85 lens. And I have two cameras. They're both the same. So I just have one lens on one and one lens on the other. Mm -hmm. And that's all I use. And I use my camera strap, you know, to help me stabilize if needed. Yeah. I did get a gimbal at one time, which is just collecting dust in my house. I've never used it. (laughs) So how do you, what do you mean by you use your strap to... Like to help hold your arms steady. So you're not too shaky. Cause when you're moving your arms up and down and trying to capture a video, you know, you want stable, non-shaky footage. Um, Right. So if you wrap your strap around your arms to kind of hold it top, I guess you can help help smooth out the movements. Yeah. So why do you not use the gimbal? You just... It's too cumbersome. I think if I was just doing video, it would be different. But since I'm switching back and forth between the two, I just... I mean, I can't be rolling around on the ground and, you know, chasing toddlers and doing all the things I want to do and switching back to photo, carrying a giant gimbal around with me. Yeah, no, totally. It wasn't ideal for my style of shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're amazing. And I love like the really, you know, creative type of shots you can get with them, but it just, it didn't work for me. Yeah, no, I get that. So if you have an 85 on one and then you're 35, which I love 35 is what I shoot with 95% of the time um, on the other. So are you, are you switching back to video and back from video and photo with each of those as well? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It just depends on kind of where I'm at. And I like combining the two just to get a little bit different, just to add a little more depth and perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that when I was watching your video with Jesse, it was like, you know, there were some outs, you know, panned out and then there were some really close detail shots. And then did you use a drone as well? Um, that was actually Jesse's husband's drone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have the same exact one, which I got last spring, but, um, I'm not licensed yet. So, um, I need to get my drone license before I can use it commercially, but he pulled yeah. this out use and then just sent me the clips to use in the video, which was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved that perspective, you know, and it just is, it keeps things interesting when you're incorporating video too. And I think we're all challenged by something that inspires us, you know, and I think for you, obviously video is a huge inspiration and just really has, is it, do you feel like it's changed your business a lot? I do. You know, I think it just adds a little something extra and 
adds a little bit more of me and who I am and what's in, important to me. And I think those things, it's important to show yourself in your business and video is important to me. So that's something that, you know, I would love to offer to clients because I know how meaningful it is to me as a person. So yeah, that I know. that's so great. I love that. So if someone is listening and wants to get into video, what do you suggest that they do? There are so many online resources for video currently. I know there's quite a few people that offer workshops for video and I can't think of their names off the top of my head aside from Courtney Holmes, who I took a workshop with back in 2016. Mm -hmm. She no longer offers that specific workshop, but she turned it into an online forum called Filming Life Academy. It's essentially a school for learning video. And so it's like a monthly subscription-based thing that you can sign up for. And then there's classes within the school that you can take. Awesome. Okay. That would be amazing. And then... YouTube, (laughs) Google, (laughs) I think that is where I have done more of my education since then. And I also occasionally do video mentoring, but only in person. I don't do any online mentoring for video. Okay. And then, well, that would be hard. I feel like to do, um, to do video mentoring. Such a hands-on thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then don't you think too, like obviously gaining the fundamentals and understanding, but so much of probably what you learned was practice, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's kind of an ongoing thing. I mean, it's not, I think it is, it's a little bit harder sometimes for photographers, especially like myself, who is very, you know, type A and a perfectionist to jump into something because it is so different than taking photos, Um, editing in a different program. Like you're having to learn numbers, you're having to learn music and count beats and, you know, learn storytelling in kind of a different way. And so it all takes time. And it was something that I really wanted to be amazing at overnight. And that's just not the case. And so I think you just have to have patience, take time to learn and forget about perfection and just, you know, do it because you really want to do it. Well, it is and time I, so you really have to have that drive. It is know? time consuming, right? Like way more than so photos, which is mind boggling. Cause I feel like photo is so time consuming. Um, it is. Yeah. But I'm I think, not that either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think just like anything though, there's a learning curve and just being patient, you know, cause we all started somewhere with photography or everyone starts somewhere. And I can look back at my photos years ago and be like, what was I doing? You know, but, um, at the time they were fine and they were great. And they're, my clients loved them. So I think it's the same with anything you learn, there's always going to be room for improvement and it's always going to be, you know, ever evolving and growing. Um, but just starting, I think that's the biggest thing, right. It's just doing the first step, just doing it. Yeah. I mean, because you can wait around forever to try to be perfect at something and then never do anything, you know? So absolutely. But again, that's taken me some like personal growth work to get to that perspective because I haven't <laughs> always felt that way. So I say it with ease now, but I, I wasn't yeah. always that way. But that's kind of the mentality I have with this podcast. Like I just started not knowing what I was doing and just learning as I'm going and I'm loving it and just trying to have fun with it. So I think, you know, when you do something new, it's just, good to just say, okay, I'm just going to have fun with this and see what happens, you know? Um, well, you're doing amazing. And I listen to podcasts all day long while I'm editing, but most of them are true crime related, but I downloaded your podcast and have been listening to it. And I just love it. And well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you on here. Okay. So before we end, we're going to do our lightning round. So what is your favorite lens? 35, 1.4. Okay. Your favorite lighting to shoot in? Golden hour. <laughs> right? I feel like that's what all the time. Yes. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? Oh my goodness. So I don't 
think I have any celebrities where I'm just like dying to meet somebody, but I would absolutely love to have lunch one more time with either one of my grandmas. Oh, I love that. Yeah. For me too. That's, it would be family something hands down. Um, Your favorite random product you've bought on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Little of everything. (laughs) I know. Right. I have to think about that. Or maybe something you've bought recently. A snow machine. <laughs> Gosh, awesome. For making, what do you mean? for making snow for photo sessions. Oh, cool. Gosh. What do you do with that? Now I'm curious. What do you, do you just have it like falling? What do you do? Yeah. I, so I only do mini sessions once a year and they're yeah. always in November and I have this vintage red truck. And so I do like Christmas themed, I call them snow day sessions. So it's just like this cute red truck and people come, you know, all, all festive. And then I have a snow machine, which my husband runs and he just like put this snow juice that's called in it and it blows like flakes out. So it looks like it's snowing. (laughs) It's fun for the kids. The kids always like it, but. Oh my gosh. How, how fun. I love that. I'm going to have to go look for one just for my kids. How magical. Cause we do not get snow and they would absolutely love that. Oh my gosh. They would love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not super messy. It looks like snow in the air and then it kind of comes down like soap suds and it just kind of gets wet. But. Oh my gosh. So fun. Okay. I'm seriously going to look that up after we're done. <laughs> Who is your biggest mentor in the photography industry? Oh my gosh. It have to be one person. Cause I know, you know, as we evolved, people come in, like you mentioned Courtney for the video, you know, and then maybe who inspired you initially with photography or just in general, like, or who are just a couple people that you I, look up to? I think Elena Blair was one of my first inspirations. I actually met her when I lived in the Seattle area and she was one of the first people that I kind of ran into that was doing more lifestyle type photography back when mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, a huge thing. And then like over time, I would say more recently, Jesse Salter, who has mm-hmm. become a friend as well. I took a, I went to one of her retreats years ago and just like her whole style is just beautiful. And the girls I met at that retreat have been huge as yeah. well. Like yeah. they're girls I talk to every single day. You know, we just have a group chat on Instagram, you know, we've, gone to, you know, meet up since then. And just like having that support system group of people that just understand you and support you, I think is so important in this industry. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because I love Jesse too. We're friends, you know, I just, I adore her and her, her studio and everything. I love that you mentioned that about the group of girls you met at a workshop, because that's something I try to convey so much when granted the workshops that I do an in-person one for like people learning to learn their cameras, like moms, or, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you had to shoot in manual essentially. And then online I have the same thing, but then I also have one for, you know, established photographers learning, like wanting to scale their business or people that are just starting so they can start their business in the right way. Right. It's called art and art photography Academy, but it's the same thing. We have group texts. We have people that we have developed these friendships with, and they've all made friendships outside of me, obviously. Right. So it's just so great that when you have a community of people that are cheering you on because this business can be lonely at times. It's so time consuming. People on social media look so glamorous, but you know, they're not always understanding people on the outside don't understand what we put into it and how much time goes into it. And, and honestly, what sacrifices we make to do this job, you know, those of us that are mothers, like I'll be in full transparency here. Like I've struggled this season on finding a family work balance and like 
my husband's a fireman. So he's gone. And literally the other night I finished editing. Like I almost have tears because it's so bittersweet, but like I was editing and I looked down and the three of my kids have brought in comfy blankets, big pillows. They are on the floor in my office as I'm working because they just want to be with me. And I'm like, man, like I see both sides of that. I see it's sweet. And they saw it as a fun little sleepover thing. Right. Uh On the flip side, it's like, they're wanting time with me so badly that they're coming in here to sleep on the floor. So like my mom guilt guilt also kicked in, but it's like, you know, but then also they're seeing a mom that loves what she does and she's dedicated and it's teaching them to work hard. So it's just like, it's so conflicting sometimes in our profession is to like, you know, we can what we do and then being able to, you know, have a community of other women who understand that, like, their moms too, they're in the thick of it. And you can feel like someone gets you and you're not doing this alone. I think for me, that's life-changing, you know? Yes. That's exactly how I feel too. Yeah. And so, you know, when we tell people like invest in education, like you get so much more out of it than just that small window that you're in a course or at a workshop, you know, like it is ongoing. will continue to be inspiring for you. So it's always worth the investment, no matter what stage of your business you're in. I feel like it, you know, you always are wanting, wanting to learn. It's so great. Um, Absolutely. That's what keeps you going. You know, like if you're not learning, like how does it stay fun? You know, I'm always looking to learn new things and I haven't, I mean, I've done online education, but that was the first retreat I've ever been to. And I was more so like, obviously obsessed with her work. She is an amazing, inspiring photographer, but I was really interested in just like the community networking part of it, because it's such a lonely place here. I don't know a lot of people. I don't know a lot of other photographers. We don't have that community-based, you mm-hmm. know, friend type thing. And so that was something I was really longing for. So it's not just education. You're not just investing in education, which in itself is hundred percent worth it, but you're, you're investing in so much more. Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad we just included this on the whim because I think it's so good for people to hear, especially this time of year, because there might be people listening that think, oh my gosh, I feel like alone. I feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I need a support system. And you know, that there is opportunity for that out there for people and they just need to find it, you know? So if people are listening and they haven't met you yet, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram at Amber Walder Photography or website is amberwalder.com. And you just launched your new website, which is beautiful. Yes, I'm so excited. Whitney well, thank did you so much amazing for doing job. What's that? Whitney Horton put it together of House of W and she did an amazing job. Oh, so good. I know it's so great. It's so nice. And it's such a labor of love to do a website well that you truly love. It just takes so yeah. much work, you know? So yay for you. Celebrate for you. That's awesome. It looks beautiful. I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is so great. And I feel like it, it, it fits your style so well. Thank you. So thank you so much for being here. I was, this was so fun to get to chat with you and get to know you. And yeah, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor. Okay. And I can't wait to hear more episodes. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's been going well. I'm just, I'm excited to continue this and the response has been great. So I'm just rolling with it, you know, super fun, but thanks again for being here and we'll chat soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Fill Your Frame podcast with Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes on whatever app you're listening to today or visiting jilliangolding.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please leave me a review. It helps more people like you find our podcast. 
We are also on socials at Jillian Golding and also fill your frame underscore podcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.